GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. Uh, this is Craig WK, and with me is my good buddy, Sean the Arcade Phantom. Howdy, everybody. All right, so this week we have a, uh, uh, a very special episode. Uh, very I love, heavy I love episode. You call it a very special episode. <laughs> very heavy episode uh, called Homer's Odyssey. Episode 3, air date January 21st, 1990. So in this episode, Homer loses his job, and with uh, uh, after a bout of depression, he realizes that he can bring safety to the town. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, chat about where we were at in the uh, the world uh, right here, because uh, I have a bit of heavy news right off the bat here for you, Sean. Uh, at this time in uh, 1990, uh, January 21st, uh, the USSR had just marched upon the capital of Az- uh, Azerbaijan uh, in order to gain control of the city after it had been racked with uh, bloodshed from like ethnic strife. 57 died in the advance from the Soviet tanks into the city. And uh, I feel like this is really telling of what was going on in the world. The USSR was still a thing. God, that's super heavy compared to what I'm about to bring up in this <laughs> hour, man. What for us? So on January 22nd, the day after this episode aired, yeah. which this is weird to me, first off, because things used to release on Mondays, which they don't do anymore. They release on Tuesdays and Fridays now. Yeah. So that was just kind of weird researching this. Sure. The Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places You'll Go, came out. Really? Dr. Seuss's final book published while he was alive. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, Dr. Seuss died uh, 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 quite early in my life, and uh, Dr. Seuss is, uh, I don't know that I can consider him like my favorite author, but I mean, he was certainly my favorite childhood author, and he really inspired a lot of, I think, my imagination as I was uh, growing up, because eventually uh, I would name my Dungeons & Dragons world, the same one found in Noobs & Dragons, the world of Geisel. Which is Theodore Geisel. Theodore, uh, Theodore Soyce Geisel, I think is how it's technically pronounced, but everyone knows him as Dr. Seuss. And uh, yeah, that's crazy. All the places you'll go. Yeah, I found that out and I was kind of shocked because there were some other things that happened, but oh man, do I love that book. I absolutely it's, love it. I, I think that it's objectively probably Dr. Seuss's best book. If you're ever looking for a graduation gift for a kid and you don't know what to give them, Honestly, as an 18-year-old, Oh, the Places You'll Go is a great gift. Yeah, I, I've honestly given this out as a, uh, a gift to uh, people who've uh, uh, graduated and stuff. It's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a great uh, uh, book from my childhood there. But uh, let's go ahead and dive into the episode. Oh, this is going to be a deep dive. I can already tell right <laughs> oh, now. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, uh, right at the start of the episode, uh, they want to go or they're going to go on a field trip. And I... Uh, I really, really enjoy the scene. I feel like this is one of the the, the better jokes from season one. Uh, 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 Mrs. Kra- uh, Ms. uh says that she hopes that there's not going to be any incidents like the last time when they went to their field trip or went on a field trip to the uh, Springfield Penitentiary. 
And she, and then Bart immediately says, like, uh, I, what is it again? He says something to the effect of, like, uh, like you know, he, he didn't unlock that door. Thus implying <laughs> that there was a prison break at the, the for the field trip they went on. Also, what school goes on a field trip to a penitentiary? That's a dark field trip. I'll tell you what school goes to uh, uh, Springfield Prison. Springfield Elementary? Springfield <laughs> Elementary goes to Springfield Prison. It is a uh, crummy town. We we learned that time and time again throughout The Simpsons. But this whole scene has, like, two things that I thought were very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, going back to an earlier conversation about Simpsons roasting on an open fire not being the opening episode. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that in the first episode, how it's technically not the first episode made. Bart is introduced to Otto, and Otto's got a new tattoo. And Bart says, I want a tattoo. He's really excited about that, which kind of foreshadows that Christmas episode coming up. Oh, wow, you're right. And then just a scene later, Kerbapel says, don't stick your arm out the bus window, because we all know what happened to that kid. A couple episodes later, we're introduced to Herman, who lost his arm from sticking it out the bus window. There is a lot of foreshadowing in this episode, and it, and it, it works out in Herman's case. But not necessarily the Simpsons episode or Christmas or the uh, Christmas uh, special of the Simpsons because of the fact that, well, it was aired before, you know. Which I just thought was really interesting. Yeah. I, I love this bus scene. Everything about it is elementary school. This is also our first real look at Springfield. We drive past the tire yard. Yup. I. Uh, yeah, we drive past the tire yard. They they drive past the, the prison, and they're all waving at the kids, which I thought is kind of funny. And uh, you also get introduced to Wendell, the kid who always throws up on the bus rides. And it's great because throughout the rest of the series of The Simpsons, he's always viewed as a sickly kid. You know, every series kind of has this joke of a kid who got sick on the bus, and I don't remember one growing up for me. Did you ever have one? I was that kid. No, I have I, I have no idea. I, I don't think that there ever really was a kid that was always getting sick on like bus rides. And, and that is a, a cartoon cliche. It's like, oh, the kid who always gets sick on every bus ride. But like, I mean, I, I never really knew a kid like that. No, I got sick on a field trip once from eating like two pounds of those gumdrops and then reading goosebumps in the car, started throwing up. But <laughs> that's about all I ever had like that. <laughs> You ate a bunch of gumdrops and then threw up while you read Goosebumps. Oh, yeah. The most 90s thing you could do oh. is to read a Goosebumps book and throw up. Oh, man. That's amazing. I think that's the same <laughs> field trip that my mom accidentally ran over a turtle. And all of us kids were freaked out because we were really into Ninja Turtles. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. The turtle was not okay. <laughs> turtle, That turtle uh, bought the farm. He has uh, pushed up daisies. Was the tire okay? I'm sure the tire was okay. All right, I mean, we made it to the field trip, whatever it was. Maybe the apple orchard or something. That's that's the normal field trip and not a penitentiary. Hey, I mean, you know, these kids live in Springfield. They're likely going to end up in prison anyway. They might as well learn what it's like. God, that's a grim realization about the show. Yeah. 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 So, I, uh, I, uh, as, as they, uh, they go on, uh, Bart uh, gets antagonized by Sherry and Terry, the twins, who later on kind of stop being antagonistic to Bart and are uh, more involved with Lisa. Well, I feel like didn't one of the twins have a crush on Bart? Wasn't that a thing that was going on? Like, oh, like I remember one of them coming up and be like, my sister likes you. 
Yeah, maybe that was. We'll we'll find out as we go through the uh, the series here because I feel that sounds familiar, and I don't know if it's just sort of like a uh, like a, a we're just both collectively misremembering or something. But I feel like that was a thing. I uh, but I uh, so Sherry and Terry antagonize Bart. He screams when they kiss him, and uh, Krabappel forces him to sing a song. Also, he gets kissed by twins. <laughs> like. He freaks out about that. <laughs> well, he is 10. I mean, you know, they have cooties. Girls are gross. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Girls still have cooties. <laughs> so uh, I also appreciate that, like, before that, Krabappel's uh, uh, like, you know, if, if you make one more outburst, I'm going to you know, force you to sing in front of the class. And Bart's like, can I pick the song? And she's like, no. Just immediately. I love it. And so she. What do you think Bart would have picked as a song? Ooh, at this time, Michael Jackson. Ooh, probably. Or Do the Bartman? I, I think Do the Bartman came out after this. Oh, must have. Maybe he would have made the song for this. Oh, that would have been cool. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I like that uh, uh, Krabappel forces him to sing uh, John Henry Was a Steel Driving Man, and I'm more impressed that Bart knows all the words. Yeah, that was kind of impressive. Totally gets into it. He sings it pretty well. I don't think I could do that, even as someone who's listened to that song fairly regularly. I, yeah, I don't think I know the words to John Henry was a steel driving man. I, I'm, I'm real impressed with Bart. Uh, so they, uh, they go to their, their uh, field trip, which is the nuclear power plant where Homer works. Which is also where Sherry and Terry's dad works, we find out. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be awkward. So, <laughs> so <laughs> they, they go through and they meet Smithers. Uh, it's the second time... We uh, hear Smithers, but the first time we see him in the the first episode of the Christmas special, you get his voice. And Smithers is a little different than he normally is in this episode. He's black in this episode. Yep, Smithers is black in his first appearance, and they quickly change that. Yeah, and uh, I did a little bit of reading on that because I was kind of curious. Some people involved with the show have mentioned that uh, he was always intended to be white. Others cite that uh, uh, black and homosexual was quote unquote too much, as if there's such a thing, or as if there's no such thing as someone who is black and homosexual, which I think is kind of a weird excuse. I feel like that's kind of like, oh, it's too much. And it's like, wait, what do you mean too much? It's just, you know. Maybe they think like the public mindset will ostracize him too much because of that that could be i i guess i get it i i just feel like you know that was sort of a li- that's a little dated uh but other sources claim uh which is most likely the most accurate is they felt like it wouldn't be a good idea to make a prominent character be black and subservient in this case to mr burns and i kind of get it you know it would have been maybe a little weird I could see that. That that one probably makes the most sense to me. Yeah, I, uh, I if I had to wager a guess, that's probably the case. And uh, and who knows? Maybe he was originally intended to just always be white. You know, I mean, you know, who knows? There's plenty of characters in the uh, uh, the early seasons where you know they they have like color changes either in their flesh or also just like things like their hair or they get redesigned, etc. Yeah, in the next episode, we'll see uh, Lou from the police force is white in that episode and not black. Oh yeah, that's right. He uh, he immediately shows up and it's white and then of course is you know black as he's supposed to be later I uh, so I uh, the the episode continues on and uh, Homer uh, wants to get where the action is he wants to see what like Bart and really impress him you know which is kind of a 
cool thing for a dad to want to impress their kid on a field trip. Sure, I you know I I think that that's a very I think that's a very human thing to want to do. Not even necessarily like a fatherly thing. Like oh like like as far as I'm concerned, if you showed up at my place of work. If any of our listeners showed up at my place of work, I would totally be on my best behavior, making sure I'm like totally nailing everything I'm doing. And, you know, because it it would really be lame if like, you know, like you turn a corner and it's like, oh, Craig's in this office and you see me at a desk and I'm like napping. (laughs) How pathetic is that? I think that's what I would want to see is Craig (laughs) napping just randomly. (laughs) I'd want to be the guy with the Nerf gun. So when people show up, I'm almost like, pew, 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 pew. (laughs) So... So, uh, uh, Homer, as he's trying to impress Bart, and he's like, hey, son, and, like, waving at him, crashes this, like, cart that he's in into this pipe, and Homer, of course, is the one who did it. Everyone points their finger at him, and, uh, unfortunately, he gets fired. He gets fired by Sherry and Terry's dad, who's his supervisor at the time. For the record, Sherry and Terry's dad is real, real tan, and they're real, real pale. I thought that was kind of weird. I've always thought Sherry and Terry were Asian because they have that real, real pale look, which they kind of determined were Asian in Simpsons. That did, yeah, that is normally the uh, the case in the Simpsons, especially in like earlier seasons. It was sort of like yellow was white, and like if it was like a, a like a sort of a, a paler, milkier white, it was they were Asian. That's sort of like you know what the Simpsons went with for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, I, I I mean you're you're right. They. Uh, uh, they sort of have that that same color scheme compared to all the other children, you know, who aren't, you know, yellow, quote unquote, the the Simpsons color of white or black. I guess Wendell has the same color scheme, but he's supposed to be sickly. Yeah. So are Sherry and Terry sickly? Are they Asian? Are they just white and it's just their color different in the show? I have no idea. I feel like the Simpsons tries to avoid showing color, but they they have characters who are black so they show color i don't know why they go with the yellow just because it stands out i guess that could be i feel like there must be some reasoning for it uh we'll have to look into that some other time but i uh, so the uh homer gets fired right in front of bart and bart of course is super awkward about it too and it's just this super awkward uncomfortable moment so one thing that i thought was kind of dated about this episode Mm -hmm. is before all this, when they're going through their field trip, they're shown a film about what is nuclear energy. And it's shown as it's nuclear bombs and it does other radioactive things and power stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Let's be honest for a second. Nuclear energy is actually a really clean source of energy. Yeah. It does produce a lot of waste, but it is also a clean source of energy, much cleaner than something like coal. Very true. Uh, I honestly, you know, it's when I first started uh, like watching this episode again and to do this research, I uh, uh, I was like I was getting ready to like make notes on like the, the clip that they're going to show. And I was like, oh, man, there's going to be a ton that I can write down for this. And they do a pretty good job explaining what nuclear energy is. No, they do. And it's a very it's supposed to look like a dated film. Mm-hmm. So in order to get that effect, they had to make an extra layer of film that they crackled up to make it look like a dated layer of film over the original film. Oh, is that how they did it? Yeah. Because it looks like a dated film. That's how they would film. do it back then. Nowadays, it would all be digital. You just throw a filter on it, but you'd actually oh. have to crackle and ruin film to make it look like that. Interesting. That's really interesting because I, 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 I feel like it does. It looks like a, like a, a what would you say, 1950s? Yeah, it like, like a you 50s know, old-timey film. Yeah. I uh, That's super interesting. I didn't know that. I... So they they watch this clip. They explain what nuclear energy is. Uh, they uh, the kids go on this tour. Homer gets fired. 
So they, like, you know, they, they move on, and, uh, uh, you know, Homer attempts to uh, apply for some jobs and gets turned away everywhere. He goes to a whole, like, quick montage of a bunch of jobs just slamming their door in his face. Yeah. Uh, Which is weird because that's not how getting a job works. You sit down to an interview and then... I guess maybe it's sort of a uh, sort of a visual representation of, like, the, the fact that Homer's been turned down. But, yeah, it's just essentially animated as closing doors. Just... Yeah. Like, over and over again. Uh, so, it doesn't work out. Homer is unable to... Uh, you know, like get a job. And so he gets depressed and he leans to his old standby alcoholism. He sure does. Homer has a problem. He has a drinking problem. There is no two ways that he doesn't. So Homer lays around on the couch. He doesn't react. Uh, His kids, you know, there's a joke made about how they can take advantage of him because he's so despondent. And uh, uh, we'll we'll get into a little bit of the heaviness of this as it goes through. But uh, Homer goes to Moe's bar for a scene and has a drink. And then Homer stops being able to go to the bar. Oh, yeah, and uh, there's even a funny joke about how uh, Bart and Lisa make another prank phone call to Moe, and uh, when Homer's like, ah, you'll catch the, the guy someday, and Moe makes a remark like, ah, I don't know, he keeps changing his name. <laughs> Thought that was pretty good. But, uh, so yeah, he goes to the bar, and then he comes back home, gets depressed, lays around. Uh, out of the TV, there's tons of, like, super heavy jokes about, uh, uh, like, you know, like, oh, what are you doing? Like, you know, like, you've just been laying around all day. Shouldn't you be drunk right now? Like, in like, so Homer really wants a beer. And his alcoholism shows at a 10 at this moment. Oh, absolutely. Homer is... Like, he, like, I mean, they they show it happening real, real quick. It's not a very gradual thing in this episode, probably because of time constraints. But uh, Homer scours around through the kitchen. When he finds a cake that's like, you know, hang in there, Dad, he just throws it aside. He doesn't even care. Doesn't even react. He's angry at it. He's legitimately just pushes it aside. It's not a beer. He doesn't care. So Homer tries to find money. And the only source of money he can find is in Bart's piggy bank. Which is a really, really bad sign of alcoholism. If you're stealing money from your kids to go drink, you might have a problem and might need to chill back on the alcohol. Yep, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, too, in a, a few moments. Uh, there, there'll be a, a heavy uh, turning point in this episode, which we'll get into. But Homer breaks the piggy bank, realizes there's not enough. Gets depressed, double checks to make sure that there's really not enough, and then he... That may be my favorite joke, is Homer double counting. He was like, wait a second, wait, no, 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 no. Not even enough for one beer. So Homer realizes he hit rock bottom. Homer decides in this moment that there's, like, he there's he can't provide for his family. He's depressed. He, is, you know, he doesn't have access to alcohol. And so he writes a suicide letter. Which might be one of the funnier jokes in the episode but is also one of the heaviest that the note he takes is from stationery that says dumb things i gotta do today yep so let's go ahead and get into some heavy stuff so for our listeners who don't know me very well or even listeners that may know me pretty well but just you know maybe not my personal life 
I have had a family member that was affected with depression and committed suicide. And I'm going to be real frank about it. And I'm, you know, going to just chat about this real quick before we continue on talking about the episode is we're Sean and I are certainly going to make light of a few things here and there. We're going to make some jokes and we're going to talk about the episode as we have been. But here's the thing. If you have depression, if you need to talk to somebody, reach out, reach out to somebody. There's suicide prevention hotlines. In fact, I even have a phone number. Uh, Sean, do you even have it? I have the phone number here, too, as well. Yeah, Sean, if you can lay it on them. Yeah, the Suicide Prevention Lifeline's number is 1-800-273-8255. And they're available 24 hours. So if you do feel like you have some problem, reach out to somebody because they could help. Absolutely, yeah. it's it's uh, uh, Even if you don't think they can help, you know, it might help your perspective on things. Whatever it takes. You know, and, and, you know, the the thing is, is suicide is something that has affected, you know, uh, uh, my life. So so it's I, I, I have a, a little bit more of a, a sensitive sort of viewing here. This episode, uh, I honestly couldn't stand watching like after the first time I caught it on a rerun, because, you know, when it first hit, uh, my family member hadn't passed away uh, at that time and died. And so years later, when there were reruns, I ended up catching this again and totally had forgotten about how much relevance this had. You know, the sleeping around, laying around on the couch, not being reactive to anything, uh, the alcoholism, the, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, of course, the in this case, attempted, but the, you know, topic of suicide. And so honestly, for years, if this episode was on, I didn't watch it. Like this episode, I am like when I was doing research on it, it was almost like watching it like fresh for the first time because it had been so many years since I sat down to just legitimately just watch through the whole episode and focus on it. You know, what's kind of funny about that is I remember this episode being on what was UPN, which was our like local affiliate in the area. The right, time. right. They would play this episode all the time. I remember seeing this one a lot growing up. Yeah, there, there were plenty of times that this episode would pop on and I just, it was, you know what? I love The Simpsons, but I would turn it off, turn the station, play a video game, whatever. And, uh, you know, now nowadays I'm I'm you know a lot more comfortable in talking about things, and so even if you you know like uh, uh, if you join our uh, Discord for Gamesville Media, you know you can find me there under Craig W or Craig underscore WK. Feel free to even reach out to me. You know if you've had things happen in your family. You know if you if you're looking for perspective. I mean I I I'm hardly a psychiatrist. I'm hardly a psychologist by any stretch, but reach out. You know that's that's where where we'll uh, leave that and I. Uh, you know, alcoholism too, you know, that's another topic that we're kind of making light of like, oh, Homer's an alcoholic and just glossing it over. But that's a serious problem. I've actually dealt with that a lot in my family and it's completely ruined some people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a a buddy that I know who I is, uh, has been sober for years and I, I'm super impressed with him. And when I first started to get to know the guy, I didn't like, you know, really know a lot about the program or anything, but he, he's let me know about how AA works, you know, since I've gotten to know this buddy of mine. And, uh, it's honestly like, it's a, uh, it seems like a great program. Like I, I've obviously never experienced that to, to be able to give a lot of detail, but you know, reach out, you know, whoever it may be, whatever your issue may be, you know, it, it's hard. It's easy for us, of course, to just say, Oh yeah, just reach out. You know, it's, it's, it's the hardest thing in the world to actually do it. But by all means, you know, even if it's anonymously through like, you know, hotlines and things like that, you know, whatever, whatever it may take. But 
back at the subject at hand. Yes. Now that we've clarified that and gone over our disclaimer for this episode. Yes. Our, our heavy, heavy disclaimer uh, in which you, you learn uh, uh, a fun, fun, fun fact fun, about, quote, about unquote, Craig. Quote. So uh, Homer, as he's leaving the house, get, gets a boulder, ties, ties a rope around it, ties it to himself. Now, my first question here is, why does he have a boulder in his yard? Why do the Simpsons have a boulder in their yard? Because he doesn't take very good care of his yard is why. Touche. So he starts walking out. The gate is squeaky. He then has to get oil. <laughs> Makes just sure that it uh, you know opens without making a noise, and he slips out into the night. I feel like there's a lot of crazy stuff going on because Homer is walking towards the bridge with a boulder tied around it and him his old fussy neighbors who would actually uh, end up kind of uh, uh, coming back a little bit here and there in certain episodes they were actually from the tracy ullman shorts the, i believe the old oh. woman was tracy ullman if i'm not mistaken really at least in the shorts she was i don't know if she was in this episode interesting i so so the old woman and the old man uh you know like what i one of them's like i think it's the old woman is like oh the young simpson boy is gonna go finally kill himself and the old man's like, oh, maybe he's maybe he's just taking his pet rock out for a walk. <laughs> and they like start laughing. And as they walk or as Homer walks to the bridge, he there there's a lot going on. Like there's tons of people driving by and stuff, and not a single soul. Not his neighbors, not the people walking by, slow to a stop and go, Hey man, are you alright? <laughs> That's really dark and I didn't think of it that way until you brought that up. No one stops them. I, like, obviously the neighbors don't, but they kind of hate them, so... Right, yeah, I mean, they're jerks, you know. they they You you find out that the these old people really dislike the Simpson family, but, I mean, at the same time, it's like nobody, not a single soul, thinks, you know what, maybe I should see how this guy's doing. The guy with a boulder tied around <laughs> him who's walking to the bridge. Well, that just shows people don't care about other people. I mean... That's true. Have you ever seen anyone walking with a boulder? I've not. Is that you've not seen them, or that you don't remember seeing them because you weren't paying attention? <laughs> oh my god, I never viewed it that way. Uh, for the record, Sean, no, I don't think I've ever legitimately seen a person walking with a boulder. I just don't think I see it very often. So while Homer is is preparing to end his life, which is so heavy, so dark, I. Uh, Bart and Lisa have woken up and uh, Bart says, you know, we've been robbed and they find the piggy bank broken and see the note. I love that Bart assumes they've been robbed because his piggy bank was stolen. <laughs> like, Nothing else is, is gone. That is the big moment for Bart. He's like, my piggy bank is gone. My not even enough to buy a beer is gone. <laughs> we have been robbed. Someone has broken to this house. 80, like he lost 80 something cents or something. So they find the uh the the note and i got to say that would be incredibly traumatizing to to wake up think you you've been stolen from realize oh no i haven't been my piggy bank is just broken in the kitchen but there's a suicide note from dad and dad's gone and dad's missing what the hell like that is crazy so they go running off into the the night to find him which which they don't call the police to notify them that hey we need to find my husband slash these kids father he may be suicidal they just go off into the night now maybe they did and you just don't see it but here's the thing 
how did they know that Homer was going to the bridge? There, let's face it, this is real twisted, and and you know, I I don't necessarily want to you know like think this way, but like, I mean, there's a lot of ways to kill yourself, right? Has Homer talked about it with Marge before, and that's how she knows where to go? I don't know. I I mean, maybe they just sort of thought like, well, you know, he's not at home. Where would he be? How can you end your life outside of the home? Well, the car's here, so it can't be involved with that. The bridge. What else could it be? Springfield Gorge, maybe? But that's probably too far of a walk. Bridge, the gorge. Yeah, that's... Well, I mean... Right? There's other ways you could yourself but well i mean not, i not guess heavy, but yeah but. <laughs> yeah, yeah i i i think the, the you know that's i guess the way they f- viewed it is like that's how they're going to do it so luckily she makes the right assumption in this choice let's just yes, she say does. that yeah so so luckily uh she makes the right choice but right before the uh marge and the kids arrive to stop homer he gets to the bridge it's he's another <laughs> boulder already sitting there after he carried this one there and he utters the line Live and learn. Which is my favorite joke of this entire episode. Live and learn. I feel like the the early episodes of Simpsons weren't, you know, necessarily like, you know, like like smash hit jokes one right after another. There's a lot of drama involved with these early episodes. But man, this is a great joke, yeah, right? It, he nails it. It's it's perfect. It's oh, really man. dark humor, but man, it is such a good joke for live and learn live and learn also Yikes. when homer makes it to the bridge he's almost hit by a car and he's upset by this which probably would have ended his life but homer's mm-hmm. like nope i want to jump off this bridge this is my plan so this car almost hitting me that's a bad thing <laughs> so so as the the marge and the kids rush out to get to homer uh, a car comes up and Homer rushes out, saves them. Which, for the record, I feel like they absolutely had the time to get out of the way. Because Homer had a boulder strapped around him, ran out, grabbed his family, ran back while the boulder's slowly catching up to him each time. Maybe they didn't. Maybe that's one of those life or death adrenaline scenarios where he gets the adrenaline, like the moms who can lift a car to save their baby underneath it. Kind of adrenaline scenarios. I didn't see Marge with adrenaline Homer to save her family. speeds out to save the family. Maybe she didn't notice it coming, creening at her. Or she was a deer in headlights. <laughs> feel, yeah, I feel like she was looking at it. But Homer is just on the ball in this moment. Saves the family. And immediately, uh, the family starts acknowledging the fact that they, they love Homer. And despite the fact that really Marge should have been like, hey Homer, I feel like you should get some therapy. Instead, Instead, uh, Homer immediately changes gears and he realizes there should be a, I think it's a stop sign, right? Or a yield sign? I believe a stop sign. A stop sign. He immediately is like, there needs to be a stop sign here. So so this is his calling in life. The, Homer has a divine moment where this is his calling. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not even like, oh, this is something I need to do. It's This is what I should be doing with my life. This is what my life should be. Yeah, so Homer uh, decides he's going to put in some like stop signs or whatever uh, at the the bridge, and uh, so they they go to City Hall. However many days later, I'm not sure. In the meantime, Marge is uh, uh, working at like a, a a burger place, right? Like a like a, one of those uh, uh, like di- uh, 
like a drive drive up drive in kind of yeah, place where she's got in, yeah. roller skates on and uh-huh. the old timey poodle skirt almost uh-huh. and she's utterly miserable so while marge is providing for the family homer is getting you know this this you know speech together and this you know uh thing so they they go to the uh uh the city hall and wiggum is first introduced here because Wiggum is uh, uh, handing out information on El Barto, who we have seen a few different times in this episode. El Barto sprayed uh, in like spray paint on like I think it's the school and also the city hall building, and of course it's Bart. And that kind of went away after like the first two seasons. El Barto wasn't much of a thing. You occasionally get like a, 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 a like a throwaway reference. Like uh, like spray painted on a building in some episodes, but it's not usually a thing. I uh, now I uh, uh, because I love to point out the the weird animations here. Uh, make sure to uh, the next time you're watching this episode, look at the crowd in the the city hall because one of the people there is this horrible, monstrous looking like mutant version of Bart. He just looks scary. There's also Jasper there. Oh yeah, Jasper was in there, wasn't he? Yep, Jasper's in the background as one of the old people with nothing better to do, as Homer <laughs> refers to him. <laughs> yep. And so Homer uh, goes to pitch this, uh, 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 you know, uh, speech about how they should have this stop sign. And I love that he's like, you know, talking about how dinosaurs used to terrorize, you know, their human ancestors when humans never dealt with dinosaurs. But uh, the city hall people are uh, the Flintstones begs to differ, Craig. <laughs> We had we had them as pets, and we celebrated Christmas with them, and we met the people from the future from the Jetsons with them, and uh, uh, it was a documentary. The Flintstones was a documentary, <laughs> but anyway, so I uh, uh, Homer goes through the speech. They cut him off. They don't care. They're gonna put in the stop signs. They're done. You know, they they don't care enough to like listen to the speech, but they're gonna put it in. They're okay with that. So Homer realizes, like, hey, just this one spot is not enough. But I did want to uh, make a uh, special mention to a quick story from me being younger. There was actually a time I, uh, in the area where I was growing up, there were no, originally when I was a kid, no stop signs on the street. So if you remember the street I grew up on, uh, it's like a long stretch of like uh, uh, blocks and there were no stop signs. So people would fly down there and then there's a bar at the corner. So like there's people who are like drinking, driving fast. It's just it wasn't great. And so my mom, you know, petitioned to, to put in, like, you know, these stop signs. And so what's weird, though, is that uh, she had a rival. There was a cop on the, our city's police force who felt like it was a dumb waste of taxpayer money. And he did everything he could to prevent it from happening. So what he did is he diverted traffic from the street while my mom was, like, petitioning to make it seem like there wasn't as much traffic. Like, it wasn't as bad. That's a sitcom right there. <laughs> Right? How weird is that? And so, I, I, I have this weird memory of, like, my mom, like, you know, like, trying to get this, like, you know, to pass and stuff, and eventually it did. And, uh, but I just, like, when Homer's at the city hall trying to get these stop signs put in, I always think of my mom trying to like petition for like you know these stop signs in our neighborhood and in hindsight it's like yeah why weren't there like that's dangerous there are children around you know what's really funny about that is i remember going down your street with xander uh-huh and him trying to get his car up as fast as he could on that street <laughs> and ignoring those stop signs so it's funny that he ignored everything your mom did how am i not surprised xander from the legend of retro our good buddy 
is a giant jerk to my mother. How how is that not surprise me? Uh, it might have been Cardwell where he got his car up to I think eighty miles an hour. But <laughs> why? Why would he do that? Oh right, because he's a maniac. Yeah. Do you remember Parappa the Rapper? He would do the, the, the whole Mussolini track where he would dance and stop his car. Xander's a maniac behind the wheel, but that's another story. Fans of Legend of Retro actually are probably pretty familiar with that story because uh, in uh, one of our Rhythm of Retro episodes for Legend of Retro, we go into that song. I think it's the episode uh, uh, Craig Hart's Xander for the Rhythm of Retro, uh, where we talked about childhood stories and stuff. Uh, Make sure to check that out. Uh, In fact, that's a perfect segue to talk about The Legend of Retro, a podcast where we talk about old video games, classics. Uh, you have myself, Xander, and our buddy Chops, uh, who uh, are on the show. And, uh, we, yeah, we talk about old video games. It releases every Thursday. Uh, make sure to uh, check it out. But, uh, anywho, uh, so Homer starts this, like, you know, tirade where he's going to put a stop to... Uh, uh, Basically anything that's not safe in the city. Yeah, he, he wants to put an end to dangerous stuff. And despite the the dip signs, the yield signs, whatever the case may be, you know, everything Homer did, uh, he has uh, one final target. I love that in the montage they give of things Homer has done. Mm-hmm. It's done through an old-timey newspaper montage. Yep. And one of them says, enough already. And Homer's <laughs> sign says, sign ahead. <laughs> I, I appreciate how re- like wonderfully redundant sign ahead is. I, I love it. That's great. So Homer, though, wants to take on his old boss. He's been fired from the power plant. He knows the nuclear power plant isn't safe, which actually is probably a little bit more clean and safe than a lot of other forms of energy, but probably not the way Mr. Burns does it. As I, uh, I believe it's... Is it in this episode where we see Blinky for the first time, yep, a three-eyed we fish? we see Blinky the first time in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yep, we see a three-eyed fish in the uh, the ponds around the nuclear power plant. Now, so Homer uh, uh, starts his, like, you know, activism against uh, Mr. Burns, and uh, Mr. Burns makes a uh, an interesting reference here where he refers to uh, Homer's activism. He says he hasn't seen such... Uh, I think he says he, he, I haven't seen such activism or such campaigning or, or whatever uh, since Jolson. And at first, I didn't quite catch the reference or anything. I was just sort of like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. So I did some research, and he uh, he's, he's comparing Homer to Al Jolson, uh, an old singer, uh, like an old crooner from, uh, what would it be, the like 40s, 50s? Earlier than that, I want to say twenties. Oh, you're right. L. Jolson was the twenties. What am I thinking? Yeah, yeah. Uh, L. Jolson would have been around the the like the 1920s uh, uh, era, uh, and apparently L. Jolson had campaign campaigned quite a bit for like equal rights and stuff. And so <laughs> Burns compared Homer's activism to L. Jolson's, which I feel like maybe he was over exaggerating just a pinch. But I thought that was kind of interesting. So Homer campaigned. I got a couple questions for about this whole scene. Yeah. So first off. Homer's brought up onto the top of a car by someone who looks an awful lot like a black Ned Flanders. Oh, yeah. He's got a very similar mustache and appearance, but he looks like a black Flanders, which I just thought was kind of interesting. I don't think it's meant to be the same character. Right. But it looks a lot like what Ned will future look like. Mm-hmm. But then we get some of the worst animation in the entire series. Oh, it's not great. The crowd is so bad. If if you have a DVD of this episode, go back and watch the crowd. 
pause as it pans from the crowd and look at some of these faces. They're, oh, they're so bad. They're so bad. I took a picture of them to show Craig because I didn't even know if he would have stopped to look at this. I, I will say I did because there's one person in the, the uh, crowd that really caught my attention, but I want to see the picture. So who is the person you want to say before I show this? The guy in the Raphael mask? Okay, nope. That's not the person I want to talk about. I want to talk about the two strange Bart heads that are staring at the space. They're not even looking at Homer. They're just looking up at the sky. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. And they're connected. They're connected Bart heads, like looking at the sky. It, it's some of the worst animation I have ever seen. Wow. One of these guys has one eye. Does he really? Yeah, the bottom there. Oh, snap. That guy's only got one eye. <laughs> So, yeah, the animation of that scene is terrible. I don't know why. Like, I guess they just figure that nobody would ever notice. It's a really quick scene. The one that caught my attention, though, is there's this mutated, uh, 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 or, uh, Oh no! It's it's not necessarily a mutated looking guy. He looks fairly normal, but he's wearing a red mask like Raphael from Ninja Turtles, which is awesome. I would like to point out whoever <laughs> that guy is. He goes to activism meetings, puts on his little bandana, and he's running to protest whatever it is. Oh man! So, uh, so Burns calls Homer into the uh, uh the, his office. He he wants a word with him, which is not his normal office from later seasons. No, it is not. Uh, in earlier uh, episodes, uh, uh, Burns's office is quite different, though it does have the stuffed polar bear. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, it's still in there. Uh, but uh, Burns is a very shrewd devil. I feel like you get to start. You start sort of seeing Burns's kind of like maniacal, like sort of devilish side because he he knows that the crowd is against him and he, to win them over he's going to give Homer his job back as a safety inspector safety inspector which will forever be Homer's title in the rest of the series he's yes, a safety will. inspector for Sector 7G yeah that is the uh, what will uh, be his future and forever job uh, and so what's interesting though is the fact that I feel like and maybe I'm wrong you know, anyone who works in a nuclear power plant can correct me otherwise, but I feel like maybe somebody who's going to be the safety inspector for a uh, an entire sector of a nuclear power plant might want a little bit more training than Homer. Maybe a little bit. Just a pinch. Just a, just a sprinkle more of training. But he got signs placed all over the city, Craig. <laughs> signs! You know how hard that is. Your mom could be a safety inspector. You told the story. I... Uh, did I? I feel like maybe I did. That sounds like it's something I'd say. So, uh, uh, another thing I'd like to point out is that uh, there is a picture of Burns in Burns' office, and he's riding a horse, but it is a horse that is the color green. Yeah. Yeah. Which is normal colors when your horse works at a nuclear power plant, too, probably. Y- you know, you're actually probably right about that. I mean, they have ducks that work at that power plant. That horse probably works there. <laughs> It's uh, hauling some of the drums of uh, nuclear waste. So Burns, you know, offers Homer this position. Uh, uh, I appreciate that Burns is is sort of like he has really no idea who Homer is, and Smithers has to be the one who's like, that's Homer Simpson. Which is an ongoing gag throughout the entire series. <laughs> yes, I, I don't know if there's ever a time. Maybe in the early, like, season one here, there will be a time where they slip up with that joke. But I feel like every time... Yeah, I, I think so. I think every time the, uh, Homer and Burns meet, he always meets Homer for the first time, if I'm not mistaken. We'll, we'll see as we go through the series, of course. But uh, uh, otherwise, Homer is, you know, torn. He, 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 he wants to stand by his principles. He's going to. He then decides, like, no, I can't take the job. Burns then says, hey, 
you know, you I'm impressed. You stood by your guns. You've got the job. Now go out there and get rid of this crowd. Which is sort of funny that Homer was going to turn it down, but ended up being forced into the position anyway. And he turns away the crowd. That's true. He uh, Homer gives a heartfelt speech about how he can't always protect the town. And then he proceeds to dance and fall off the roof. Good thing he's the safety inspector, everybody. He gets caught. But here's the thing. I, I wanted to uh, touch base with you about this, Sean, because uh, uh, you and I are both into Dungeons and Dragons. So I, I t- analyzed the building a bit, and it seemed like he was on the sixth floor. So if Homer were to fall from that and not get gotten caught by the crowd, he would have taken 6d10 fall damage. Don't you ignore the first d10, so wouldn't it be 5d10? Isn't 10 feet free space? Bonus radiation damage. Ah, bonus radiation damage. 5d10 plus d10 radiation damage. That's a lot of damage for Homer, but I mean, Homer's kind of a barbarian, I guess. Yeah, you know, he probably has D12 hit points. Anyway, so that's the the end of the episode. Homer gets caught by the crowd, and he's like, whoa, careful, everyone, and makes a joke. Well, haha, you know, he's not very careful, but he's trying to make it sure everyone's safe. So, the lasting impact of this episode. <sighs> that's a heavy episode. It is incredibly heavy. This is probably the most heavy episode of The Simpsons I think there ever is or will be. How is it? How can you get heavier than Homer attempting suicide? Somebody actually doing it? Touche. I guess uh, that would be how you would do. How you would. Uh, that's how you would uh, uh, top that. Handled with grace. I mean, even oh, then, there, there's no way the current writers can handle that with grace. What current writers? Oh right, the show's over. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it ended in like season eight, right? Yeah, season nine. See, season eight. I think they had like a special uh, episode after that or half, something. Eight and a half, nine. I don't know. But I. Uh, so I. Uh, so the I, I feel like the the sort of uh, lasting impression, uh, the the sort of like lasting impact, I should say, uh, for this episode is, I mean, Homer sort of gets stuck in a rut after this episode. He gets his safety inspector job, and that's his job forever. And it's a cushy job. He sleeps most of the time. <laughs> it is a very cushy job. Burns doesn't pay him well, but that's because Homer is not officially trained, and Burns runs his plant very, very crookedly. Hell, Homer didn't even go to college for this job. Yeah, he did. He, he took that one class. Yeah, later on. <laughs> right. Right. So, I. Uh, so, so, Sean, what do you think the, the sort of lasting impact is? Because, I mean, it is such a heavy episode. It is so different than, like, when, when you map out all the Simpsons episodes and you put them in, like, you know, heartfelt or or you put them in, like, a category of, like, like goofy or irrelevant or, or whatever the case may be, this one is sort of off on its own in a super heavy area. Like, there's a lot of season one episodes that are, you know, sort of uh, more dramatic. But is it, I mean, there's nothing more heavy than this. Nothing else is like this. I feel like a lot of shows nowadays try to go for that heaviness, and they pull it off and succeed. You get dark episodes of shows like Rick and Morty, or anything really on Adult Swim, like even Moral Oral, it's the entire last season, is some Mm -hmm. of the darkest show you'll ever see in your life, where everyone's an alcoholic and hates their lives, but this is the only time The Simpsons goes to this territory. Yeah. It stays away from it, and for good reason. It's, it's, It's a hard episode to sit through. I mean... It's got great moments, but it's... <laughs> You're preaching to the choir on that one, it's Sean. Rough. It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it is a, 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 a ultra-dark episode, 
And uh, I mean, there there's some funny jokes, you know. There there are some 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 there's some clever writing in here, and uh, I I think we'll we'll start seeing as we start going through this, you know, first season and into the second season, where you know it's like oh, like this is where the writing's you know becoming more focused on the comedy, more focused on the humor. But at this point, they weren't fo- focusing on the humor. It was it was a heavy story, and honestly, I like you know I I I want to give The Simpsons a lot of credit. But I mean, let's face it, it's kind of hack writing, right? Homer is sad because he lost his job. He's going to commit suicide. Oh, wait, no, he's going to put up signs and that made him better again. Like, that's kind of hack, right? Yeah, I mean, okay. You best described it at the start of this episode when you said it's a very special episode. This was a thing for sitcoms. Whether it's getting molested in a bike shop or (laughs) a gang ruining a restaurant and family matters or... You know, the episode of The Fresh Prince where he realizes he hates his dad because his dad was never there for him. This is a special episode. This is the Simpsons version of a special episode. Yeah, I guess I guess I kind of nailed it right off the bat with that one because uh, it, uh, I mean, it never gets any more special than this episode. <laughs> no, never. Well, I think that we've delved into this episode uh, enough. I. Uh, I definitely want to you know uh, tell everyone we appreciate you uh, uh, you know listening to the show. Uh, if you want to support the show, make sure to uh, jump on uh, Patreon.com/slash/GameZillaMedia. We have a lot of different perks uh, you know coming your way when it comes to the uh, uh, the show, uh, which we'll have uh, more details on you know for the the community and through Patreon uh, you know there. But uh, Sean, any uh, parting shots you have uh, for our listeners? I just want to one last time say if anybody has a problem with depression or suicide, feel free to talk to anyone that's in your life or reach out to someone because yeah absolutely no it's 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 a heavy topic mental health is a serious issue that should be addressed by more people it really yeah it absolutely should it's it's you know it's we joked about it a lot in this episode and i feel like it gets sort of glossed over and joked about like you know on on a lot of shows on a lot of different forms of media and even just in everyday life you know there's a lot of uh uh, you know, it's it's such a taboo topic. Nobody wants to talk about mental health. It's so sort of awkward to people that it just sort of becomes this, you know, kind of like stigma. And, uh, you know, it's there There shouldn't be a stigma. Like, I, I don't I, I don't know if I'm a proponent for like, hey, tell everybody what's going on in your life, everything. But at the same time, I mean, you know, you should, you know, people should be more upfront. I, I have plenty of friends that are more upfront with things like, you know, depression and stuff. And, you know, there there are times when you think like, oh, you know, it's like kind of like, well, what do I say? But sometimes it's, you know, you don't have to say anything. Even just them letting you know is just sort of enough for them. So, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever it takes, know that there are people in your life that care about you, even if it's just Craig and Sean, because we want you to listen to our show. And we want you to live a nice, happy life for everyone who's out there. Absolutely. And listen to our show. Definitely listen to our show, but live a happy life. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, everyone. This was an incredibly heavy episode. I'm so glad you made your way through it to get to the end here. And uh, we'll we'll maybe have a slightly happier topic uh, next up. Oh, maybe not next episode. That was a little happier episode. Maybe in a few episodes, it'll be happy again. All right. Thanks for listening.